You're listening to In the Booth, a politics podcast from the Frederick News Post. My name is Jack Hogan, and I cover county and state politics for the News Post. Over the next few weeks, I'll be interviewing candidates for Frederick County Executive and Frederick County Council to help voters get to know more about some of the local names that will be on their ballots in November. It's Friday, September 16th. Today's guest is Frederick County Councilwoman Jessica Fitzwater, who since 2014 has represented the east side of Frederick City. For the last 16 years, Councilwoman Fitzwater has taught elementary school music. She started out splitting time between Oakdale and North Frederick Elementary Schools before eventually taking a full-time position at Oakdale. She's also a violinist in the Frederick Symphony Orchestra. Councilwoman Fitzwater is the Democratic nominee in the race for Frederick County Executive. In the July primary election, she defeated Councilman Kai Hagan and Daryl Boffman, a former member of the county's Board of Education. Her opponent on the Republican side is Maryland State Senator Michael Huff. Councilwoman Fitzwater and Senator Huff are running to succeed County Executive Jan Gardner, a Democrat who, after serving two four-year terms, cannot run for a third, which is a rule in the county's charter. Councilman Fitzwater, welcome to the newsroom and, and welcome to In the Booth. Uh, Thanks for having me. Just to start off, would you walk me through why you decided to run for County Executive when you did? Absolutely. I'm running for Frederick County Executive because I truly believe that everyone in Frederick County deserves the opportunity to live here, work here, and thrive while experiencing a strong sense of place and belonging. And I borrowed that from our Livable Frederick vision, um, from our visionary uh, comprehensive plan that we passed over the last few years. I truly believe that Frederick County is a very special place and that every single family here deserves the opportunity to reach their full potential. You know, I first ran for office back in 2014, and that's when I was first elected to the county council. And I think it's important to think about uh, what was happening in the time before that. You know, as you know, I am a a veteran elementary music teacher here in Frederick County, a two-term leader on the Frederick County Council, and now a mom of two. My son, Jonah, is six, and my daughter, Jane, is three. And um, at the time when I was uh, first running for office, we had a antiquated, outdated board of county commissioners form of government with five Republican conservative folks running the county and really making decisions that were not in line with what my students needed in their schools, with what my neighbors and, and, and my own family were looking for for the future of Frederick County. Um, we were seeing draconian cuts to county services, um, stagnant pay for our public safety employees, uh, rampant residential development in areas where our schools were already overcrowded, you know, a cuts to longstanding partnerships with Head Start and other community nonprofits that were really doing work, good work for our families. And that it was really in opposition to a lot of those policies. That is why I stepped up to run for office in the first place. And back then, first campaigning, uh, I would run into some of my former students um, knocking on doors, you know, around, especially around the Oakdale area. And, um, you know, they were a lot taller <laughs> than they were when they were in my classroom. Um, but getting to hear from them about where their education had taken them and what they were doing was really just such an amazing experience. And, and then having, you know, kindergartners in the classroom saying things like, Ms. Fitzwater, why was your face in in my mailbox, or why am I seeing your name on these signs? And are you the president now? Um, they, you know, it was it's it was fun, but also hearing the, that excitement and the encouragement from a lot of their families really just showed 
um, how important it is for someone like me to, to step up and run and be a voice for our students and really look at the future of Frederick County. And, you know, over the past eight years, I've been a leader on the council and, and working alongside County Executive Jan Gardner and, and my colleagues. We've made so much progress. We've made record investments in public safety and public education. We've accelerated the building of, of new schools, public libraries, public parks. You know, we've added dozens and dozens of public safety employees, given raises to our county employees, and really improved the services that Frederick County residents rely on and and help to make life better for people in Frederick County. I am ready to build on that progress with bold action and transformational leadership to make sure that we're investing in our schools um, because we know that brings higher paying jobs and more investment in the community, um, lower crime and safer communities. And I'm ready to take the work we've done over these past eight years and continue to build on that in the future. Um, The time is now and that's why I stepped up to run for Frederick County Executive for, for all of our kids, for my kids and all our families. And I think you started to touch on it towards the end of your answer there. well, what is your number one legislative priority um, if you were to be elected coming up in November? Absolutely. You know, we know that investing in our students and schools has so much of a return on investment. It does lead to more businesses wanting to relocate here, bringing high paying jobs, more investment in our community, lower crime, safer communities, and really building the future leaders of our county. Um, we That is certainly a priority. You know, I've been raising the alarm on our lowest in the state per student f- spending for years. As an educator act- activist, as a mom, as a, as a county council member, and certainly will continue that as county executive. We need to strengthen our relationships with our state delegation to make sure we're getting our fair share from Annapolis when it comes to school funding um, and really making sure that we're investing so students have enough mental health professionals in their schools to support them through especially what the last few years have brought with the impacts of the the COVID pandemic. And so making sure that we're investing in our students in schools not only is the right thing to do for our kids, but it's going to help us move forward in leaps and bounds and all of the other quality of life outcomes that we all care about here in Frederick County. What are some of your other legislative priorities? So when I talk about students in schools and investing in, in, in their future, it also means impacting other aspects of Frederick County as well. We talk a lot about a balanced approach to growth, and I am so proud of the work that we championed in Livable Frederick because it truly is a blueprint for how the county should grow. We can't continue to approve growth that is going to overcrowd our schools. And this current uh, administration in the last eight years, we've only approved two Uh, residential developments that are both age restricted, so not having that impact on our public schools. We know that the residential and employment growth needs to go in and around our municipalities and the growth areas that we've identified. And then we can put more resources towards preserving our farmland, our rural landscapes, our, our trees and forest cover, and all of the beautiful landscapes that we care so much about here in Frederick County, not just because of the rich history, but also the bright future that it will bring us when we're making sure that we're taking care of our environment and growing in a way that is sustainable over the next four, eight years and decades to come. So making sure that we follow through with Livable Frederick is key. But we also have to keep growing good jobs. We have attracted some amazing major employers to Frederick County, bringing hundreds of jobs here, even during the COVID pandemic where things were so difficult. I want to make sure we're also focusing on our small businesses, making sure they have the support that they need within our Office of Economic Development and in our Planning and Permitting Office so that our entrepreneurs can really realize their dreams and continue to be that strong backbone 
backbone of our economy. And as I already talked about with schools, we've got to invest in mental health. One of the things in Livable Frederick is talking about looking at decisions through the lens of public health, through the lens of climate change, our community, our economy. We have to start making these big land use and growth decisions through all these lenses that affect our quality of life. And within public health, mental health is a at a critical need right now. We need to work to attract more mental health professionals to our community, hire more that can respond when people are in crisis, working with our law enforcement partners and our first responders, and also making sure our first responders have mental health support for themselves as well. Um, those are some of the priorities that I have moving into this position, really making sure that every Frederick County family has the opportunity to to meet their full potential. And we can't ignore the disparities that do exist in our community. I mean, for every data set that we collect, whether it's through um, the United Way's ALICE report, our community health needs assessment, we see racial disparities in health outcomes, educational outcomes, access to affordable housing. We see geographic disparities in certain parts of the county that have more trouble accessing affordable housing or public transportation. So we need to make sure that if we say we want this vision for Frederick County for everyone, that we really mean everyone and we get to the hard work of addressing these disparities and looking for solutions together. And you touched on a lot of uh, priorities there and, and, and things that you'd like to be able to work on uh, as county executive. Are there specific policies that you'd look to implement maybe uh, at the early part of your term, um, changes that, that voters would see uh, when you take office? Absolutely. So one of the first things that will happen after uh, the, uh, we're sworn in is developing the next fiscal year's budget. Um, that will be an uh, in incredibly important part of the transition. And we know that our budget is where our priorities are. We're putting our money where our mouth is, right? And so to me, it's incredibly important that the public is valued in all of our government processes. I know that the decisions that we make as a county will be stronger when we are listening to the voices of everyone in our community, when we approach issues with an open mind and we try to incorporate the needs of the public into our decision making. So when we go down that process of developing the next fiscal year's budget, I intend to get out into every council district to have budget listening sessions to really bring the government to the people. Um, you know, sometimes people can't come to Winchester Hall. They might not be able to call in for public comment on a hearing. So we need to be out where the people are and really asking the question, what does the future of Frederick County look like for you? What do you want to see us prioritizing when we're making this budget with your taxpayer dollars. And so that's going to be a top priority for me, getting out into the community and making sure that that very first budget is a community-driven process. You've said that Jane Gardner was, uh, quote, exactly the best person for the county to elect as its first county executive after the transition to a charter form of government in 2014. In what ways would you be a county executive similar to Gardner. I have made that statement and I stand by it. You know, we were transitioning to charter government for the first time and we inherited quite a lot of messes to clean up. I am so proud that we have led with fiscal responsibility over the past eight years. You know, we're one of only 40 few counties in the entire country that has a AAA bond rating from every rating agency. That matters in real 
taxpayer dollar savings for our residents. And it's allowed us to invest in the services that people really want. So I've I've been proud to serve alongside County Executive Gardner these past eight years as a council member. And I want to make sure that we continue to build on the progress that we've made these past eight years. In what ways would you be different? So every leader is different, right? We all bring our own lived experiences, our professional backgrounds. And for me, I intend to be a leader that is out in the public and listening as much as possible. So I already talked about, you know, taking these budget listening sessions on the road, um, making sure that I am surrounding myself with folks that have different experiences than me that are going to not only encourage me to take bold actions, but also challenge me and make me think about things from a different perspective. That type of leadership is so important. I, I want to make sure I'm empowering our county employees to really think innovatively, um, to work collaboratively to help solve the problems of today and tomorrow so that we can keep making life better for people here in Frederick County. Are there, are there certain policy changes that um, you would bring to the county, maybe that uh, ending something that County Executive Gardner has, has done or, or increasing funding for a certain department? Just looking to see where the um, the differences might be in policy between uh, a Jessica Fitzwater administration and a Jan Gardner administration. So we have built a really strong charter government so far. But it is still kind of a baby if you think about it. It's only been eight years. Um, there's a lot of other counties in Maryland that have had a county executive and a county council form of government uh, for longer. And so I think we'll continue to evaluate how two branches of government work together and how we communicate with the public. So that's something I'll be taking time, talking to county staff, getting public input on how we can continue to make sure that we are serving the public and making decisions that are going to be best for Frederick County families. So I'll take the time to talk talk to our county staff and, and evaluate some of those policies. But I am I think we've made amazing progress over these past eight years, and I intend to build on that with even more urgency as we continue to see a growing county thrive into the future. Uh, about 20% of county executives' budget, um, and you were part of the council that, that approved the budget, for this fiscal year funds public safety, which includes budget money for the Frederick County Sheriff's Office. Uh, you've been an outspoken critic of the Sheriff's Office. Would you fund the Sheriff's Office at the same level that County Executive Gardner did? Every family in Frederick County wants their, their kids, their family, their aging parents to live in a safe community. We all want that for our families. And public safety, along with public education, are two of the core functions of government. So we absolutely must fund public safety. We must support our first responders and our law enforcement officials because they do incredibly important work in our community every day. So just like the entire budget in the county, every single department and division brings their needs and wants to the county executive. And then about while taking public comment and making those um, critical decisions on what the priorities are going to be that year based on what the community feels and needs, that's how a budget is crafted. So absolutely, the county will be funding our law enforcement partners because that is what our community needs. And I will be a strong partner in that. What do you think needs to change in the sheriff's office? This is uh, stepping away a little bit from just direct funding, but more so maybe within the culture. I want all of our 
sheriff's deputies, our law enforcement professionals to feel that they are valued, to feel that they have the training that they need and the mental health support that they need as professionals themselves, as individuals. And as I already mentioned, we really need to focus on making sure that we have the right mental health professionals support to respond when members of our community are in crisis. We know that we already had a opioid epidemic which when with lots of folks facing addiction and facing mental health challenges and we have taken action we have a mobile crisis unit that is now expanded to 24 7 service that is a partner with our law enforcement professionals around the county Um, so i'm looking to even do more i want to make sure that we are continuing our path towards our crisis stabilization center that we've been partnering with congressman trone and our congressional delegation delegation to get funding so that we're looking at the needs of our community in terms of public health and public safety in really a holistic way. And I think that is the direction that we need to head to make sure that our all of our community members can live and, live and feel safe and feel supported here in our community. What's the first step as county executive that you could take towards that end? Absolutely. It is a it is budgetary. It is making sure that we can, we can continue the commitment that we've made on these issues of mental health and, um, you know, crisis support that we've already made and keep working with our community partners in behavioral health and the health department um, to see what needs to happen next. So I will be making sure that I'm continuing my involvement in the local health improvement planning process that we have right now that has mental health as a focus so we can really target the areas that are going to get the biggest benefit for the buck and have the biggest impact on all of our community members. Switching gears a little bit, between January 2021 and July of this year, Senator Huff raised four times as much money as you. You received $195,000 and he got $478,000. What do you think explains the difference? I am so proud that hundreds of Frederick County residents and and across the state of Maryland have invested in this campaign. We have so much momentum behind us right now. We've had seen donors giving from small amounts to large amounts, knowing that they are ready to see bold action and transformational leadership building on the progress of these past eight years. People are happy with the direction that Frederick County is headed. We are a, a county that is seeing a lot of growth because people want to bring their businesses here. They want to move their families here for our great schools, for our thriving economy, for our rich history and our bright future. And so I'm so proud of the support that I have received. You know, my opponent didn't have a primary election. He's a sitting state senator with a lot of connections to lobbyists and special interest groups. And he had a lot of money sitting his, in his campaign account already from that and then didn't have to to win a primary to get through the to the general election. So I am so proud of how hard we work to win the primary. 58% of the vote in a three-way race, it really shows a lot of energy and enthusiasm behind this campaign and the people-powered movement that we have. Um, you know, it's about doing the work boots on the ground, talking to voters, and making sure that we're spreading this positive message about Frederick County into every corner of this beautiful county. That's what I've done, and I'm so proud of the support that I have behind me, and that's what I'm going to keep doing all the way to November 8th to get across that finish line. Uh, Senator Huff and his supporters have drawn attention to the fact that in 2020, you called yourself a racist. The quote is, I have I have white privilege, and I'm a racist. Uh, for context, the comments came at the conclusion of a four-hour-long meeting about an audit of the Frederick County Sheriff's Office 287G agreement. 
with the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency, commonly referred to as ICE, which allows sheriff's deputies to check immigration status of detainees and begin deportation proceedings. The statements were a rebuttal to claims that the meeting between council members and the sheriff had been uncivil because of the use of words like racist and white privilege. Um, you said, quote, anybody who is a white person in any sort of position of power, we have white privilege and we are racist because of the systems in this community. Can you explain what you meant uh, when you said that you are a racist? Sure. I may not have said that in the most artful way, but I don't back away from talking about the tough issues that matter to our Frederick County families. I mentioned earlier the disparities that exist in every data set that we collect in Frederick County, whether it's health outcomes, access to affordable housing, the United Way's Alice Report, which talks about families who are unable to meet a survival budget and still live here in Frederick County. So it is critically important that we talk about these issues if we really mean that we're here to make life better for all of the people of Frederick County. You know, the the 287G program was the context, as you mentioned, of this meeting. And that program takes our county employees, our uh, employees at the detention center, and has them doing the work of federal ICE agents instead of the work of what they should be doing for here in Frederick County. It's taking them away uh, from their from their roles in the detention center, but it also has a chilling effect on our community that doesn't the, a community that now often doesn't feel comfortable reaching out to our our first responders if they need help. It has an impact on businesses who want to relocate here. I mean, one of the one of my legislative uh, initiatives that I championed as a council member in, in in the very beginning of my first term was the repeal of the unnecessary and unwelcoming English-only ordinance that the prior board had passed because it was having a negative impact on, on attracting employees and employers here to Frederick County because we're saying if, if English isn't your first language, you're not welcome here. We, I partnered with the Chamber of Commerce, with their public policy committee, to, to lead the repeal of that ordinance because of the unwelcoming impact that it was having on our community. So these issues matter to Frederick County families, and I am never going to shy away from talking about the tough issues and talking about how we can make life better for people in Frederick County. It's important for us to look at our own lived experiences, the lenses that we use to look through the world and the decisions that we're making, and making sure that we're thinking about every single person that lives here in Frederick County. That's what I have always done as, a, as an educator, as a council member, and what I'll continue to do as county executive. Uh, and you, you mentioned the, or, and it also came up in the context of, of these quotes, but the sheriff's office 287G agreement with ICE. As county executive, would you change the the dialogue coming from the administration about this? I understand the county executive doesn't have the authority to influence or, or directly change this agreement. Um, but would you bring any changes to, I mean, what's coming from, from the county administration about this program? The county executive does not uh, have a role in policy in the sheriff's office. That's strictly under the sheriff's uh, purview, and he's made it very clear of his position on this program. Um, I do want to point out that my opponent has been attacking me using these words out of context because he can't stand on his own record. 
He's not talking about what he's done for Frederick County because he doesn't want people to know what his stances have been on issues that really matter to Frederick County families. You know, for the past over 16 years as an educator and over eight years as a leader on the county council, I have worked every day on issues that matter to Frederick County families. We've made record investments in public education and public safety. I've worked on on legislation, past legislation that has worked on housing costs for working families, made sure that we're looking at county decisions through the lens of climate change, you know, standing up for social justice issues, making sure that we're not discriminating against people because of their gender identity or their sexual orientation, uh, making sure we're taking a balanced approach to growth so that all of our families can thrive. But my opponent has been in Annapolis opposing women's reproductive health rates opposing action on climate change, opposing common sense gun safety laws, voting against dollars coming back to Frederick County to invest in our public schools. He's been in Washington uh, working for someone who has the same record on these issues. So he's not right for Frederick County and he can't stand on his own record. And that's why he's using these lowest of political tactics instead of talking about what he'll do for Frederick County. We have a vision here in Frederick County of a thriving community where everybody can live, work, and meet their full potential. That's the work I've been doing as a leader over the past eight years on the council, and that's what I'll continue to do as county executive. Just to, And just to clarify, would does this mean that then that there wouldn't be a change in, in dialogue about the 287G program um, from the county executive's office uh, if you were elected? I guess I'm not sure what you mean a change in dialogue. It yeah. has been very clear that the county executive does not uh, oversee policies in the sheriff's office. I have been a champion on issues that show that we're a welcoming community. So when it when COVID-19 shined a, a, a big spotlight on issues of disparity in our community with communication, with our immigrant population, making sure things were in languages that 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 critical public health information could be communicated, that people know where they could go for help, for vaccines, for testing. Um, it became very clear that we had work to do. So I got to work because that's what I do. And I worked to, to pass legislation that would establish an Immigrant Affairs Commission, which is now one of our newest boards and commissions, giving a voice to a growing um, part of our population to make sure that everybody who lives in Frederick County feels that they have a voice in our county government. Government should be for the people, by the people, of the people. We need to make sure that we're representing everybody. And that's the, the what I have, that's my track record, that's my value system, and that's what I'll continue as county executive. I will be there to lift up the voices of everyone in our community because when we do that, when we lift up the voices of everyone, we are all better, we all thrive, we all rise with that. And so that's my, my investment and my commitment to our community. I can't go in and, you know, be manipulating policies within the sheriff's office. But I can make sure that I'm leaning with integrity, that I'm leading in a way that shows that I value every single person that lives here in Frederick County. And that's what I'll continue to do. Is there anything else that you think uh, I should have asked you about? I'll just share one more thing. Um, and that is that you know, I, I 
grew up over the mountain. I always tell people I grew up on uh, Wussville Road just over the mountain in Smithsburg. So uh, don't hold that against me that I'm not a Frederick County native, but grew up very close by. And Frederick County now, I've lived here for and worked here for over 16 years, and it, it really is my home. Um, I think that this is what the best county in the state of Maryland. You know, we have such a rich, rich history, a bright future. We have a thriving and growing economy. You know, people want to come live here because of the high quality of life. I want to make sure that continues to be accessible to everyone. And by investing in our students in schools today, I know that we'll see more investment, more high paying jobs, safer communities, lower crime, and and a really great quality of life for all of our families. That's always been my commitment as an educator. That's always been my commitment as an elected official, as a mom of two that I want to see, you know, thrive through our school system, ready to take on the world and be strong global citizens. That's what I want for every single family here in Frederick County. Um, I I know that you know this, Jack, but uh, about three and a half years ago, you know, I lost my husband unexpectedly. Um, it was a very tragic and traumatic time for my family. It was, um, I had my daughter, Jane, um, less than two months, you know, after he passed away. And when something like that happens to you, um, you just you don't really know what what is going to happen next there's there's a fog um for a time and i am so grateful that when that fog cleared i knew that i was still going to be on this path trying to make life better for people of frederick county and it it my conviction um my drive to do that really got even stronger because i saw pretty quickly that my privilege by way of my my career, my education, my amazing strong support system, my village um, has allowed me to continue to thrive and do good work for people. But it also made me keenly aware of how many Frederick County families are one big bad thing away from their whole life going off the tracks. And we are a strong community. We're the sixth wealthiest community county in in the state. Um, we have a caring and generous, uh, you know, community, a highly educated workforce. We have people that want to come together and do good things for for our Frederick County families. And so, I want to be part of that solution, making sure that there isn't another family out there that's one big bad thing away from everything falling apart. We can do better. We can be better. And that that it. trauma that I've been through um, has really helped me see even more clearly uh, why this this service, this public service that has been my entire career as an educator and a council member uh, is so important to continue to make sure that when I say I I, I believe every Frederick County family deserves the opportunity to thrive, I really, really believe that. We have so much going for us here in this county, and we want to make sure that every family can meet their potential and give back to this community that is giving so much to so many, including myself and my family. All right. Well, Councilman Fitzwater, thank you so much for coming into the newsroom and, and sticking with us here and in the booth. Of course. And I want to just make sure people know there's lots of ways to stay in touch with the campaign, to get involved. You can go to jessicafitzwater.com. You can find me on Facebook. Um, we'd love to engage with you, answer your questions, see you out uh, knocking on doors or at a campaign event. Um, this is really a, a collaborative community effort. Um, we need all hands on deck and we are going to be getting to work uh, over the next couple months and we'd love to see you on the campaign trail. All right. Thank you. Thank you.